0: Welcome, this is Leading with Spirit, the show that gives you an in-depth look at topics like what it takes to navigate your spiritual journey, how to heal yourself and grow your spiritual gifts, and balanced practices to expand your business and your spiritual leadership. I'm your host, Spirit Bird, shamanic teacher, healer, and author, here to guide you on your journey to becoming your most potent spiritual leader. Have you been hearing the call to expand your spiritual gifts and step into your next level of conscious leadership? If you're a coach, healer, or a spiritual leader, you can learn more about Shaman School and growing your spiritual business on our website, holtonhealingarts.com, or send me a DM at Holton Healing Arts. Are you curious about connecting with plant spirits? I'm so excited to introduce to you today, Sarah Artemisia. She's a plant wisdom teacher, a flower essence practitioner, a financial coach, and the host of the beautiful podcast, Plant Spirit Podcast. She helps wellness professionals and empaths deepen into intuitive gifts and collaboration with plant consciousness and heal their relationship with money. Hi, Sarah. Welcome. Hi, so great to be here. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I'm going to start with an obvious question. I would love to hear about how your connection with plant spirits came to life for you.
1: Yeah, thank you. This is a great question. And really, for me, I feel that the connection with plants has always, it's always been present. And this I attribute to two main foundational core pieces uh, that are so foundational to who I am. And so the first is that I was raised by hippie parents. And so the connection with plants, you know, I actually, as a child, didn't even know that not everyone drank tinctures and, you know, took herbal teas and, you know, had a big garden of organic veggies growing. I just kind of thought as we often do as children that, oh, this is, this is my life. And so this is just how it is kind of a thing. So there was that piece. And then Actually, there are really three pieces. The second piece is that I was raised Quaker, which for, if you're not familiar with Quakerism, the main foundational tenet of Quakerism is that everyone has an inner light. And so for me, the experience of connecting with plants, it was always really easy to see that all plants have an inner light. And just like all people have an inner light, the plants, however, the inner light is a lot easier, has always been a lot easier for me to connect with because sometimes people can have a lot of crap layered on top of that, like different traumas and things that we've all experienced that um, sometimes we need to dig through a little bit to be able to access that in ourselves or in our connections with other people. So those two are foundational. The third thing, which I'm sure a lot of folks listening and watching today will also resonate with this, is that... I've always felt, I always felt like I was really sensitive, could see things, even as a very young child, I'd walk into a room of adults and I could tell that I was able to perceive things about them that maybe they weren't even able to perceive about their own selves. And so this, this connection with plants, the journey and the relationship with plants has been an evolutionary experience from, from right out the gate, basically from a very, very young age. And I don't honestly remember a pivotal shifting moment where you know there was a sense of plants aren't conscious and then recognizing oh plants are conscious that it really I I, I can't pinpoint a single moment that that shift was awakened in me and I think, because of having that foundational grounding and understanding that all beings have an inner light, that that was a foundational worldview that I was raised with. It wasn't like there was this shift of like, to me, light is consciousness. It's the same thing. And so it basically just shifted from a childlike understanding of that to a more adult understanding of being able to consciously communicate and articulate different things as, as I have, grown, the plants have every step of the way just come to meet me where I'm at in helping to unfold and open up ever deeper and in so many amazing ways. Even what's coming to mind in this moment is how when we look at, for example, how a flower blooms, that there are, and the Buddha once famously said that if you could look deeply into one flower, you would understand the nature of all reality. And so I really do feel this as well, that when we look at a flower, sure, we can watch it bloom and unfold and see how beautiful that is. And so there's that layer of connecting with it, of appreciating the beauty. And there's also this layer of understanding, okay, this being is a unfolding from the inside out? And how is it reflecting back to me how I can do that in my own human way? And so there are all these different layers of connecting with the plants. And it's really just been a very natural evolution over, over the course of the entire life is, is what I would say to that. Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm curious because you 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 know compared it to humans also have an inner light, but sometimes it's not as comfortable to connect with. Have you gone through periods where you've kind of kept to yourself or preferred not to be around people?
1: Oh, yeah. I'm a super super introvert. (laughs) I mean, most of the time it's just me and the plants saying that, to be totally honest, and I am just quite all right with that. Um, Yeah, there have been many periods. and, And so that is one of the things that I feel like the plants really support in doing is recognizing in this human experience, there are shadows inherently. It's a part of the human experience, whether that is... In the lived experience of this lifetime, or maybe it's ancestral, or maybe it's karmic past lifetime, there are just many, many things coming up planetarily, collectively, and then also individually right now that are coming up to clear. And this can these can be things that feel really dense, really uncomfortable, different traumas that we have um, you know, that have been done to us or that we've experienced. Or just different things from the past, you know, several thousand years that it's it's now time for us to really release these things in in the individual experience, in the collective consciousness as well. And what I found specifically with the plants that is so amazing is that in my experience, plants are really high vibrational, multidimensional healers. And so, yes, for example, there's this big rose bush sitting three feet in front of me right now, and so I'm looking at this rose bush. It's very three dimensional in its form. It's got you know these gorgeous roots, strong woody stems, thorns, beautiful flowers, and so it is beautiful in its three dimensionality, and also it is incredibly multidimensional in its existence as well, just like being human. And so in the experience of connecting with plants, what I've found is that they can meet us. And certainly in my own personal experience have found that they have met me and can meet us on any level, whatever level we are wanting support with, whether that's physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, they meet us there. And in times of Distress in times of grief, in times of depression, I have found that the plants are so present that they really do this beautiful job of holding space. One of the ways that they do that so beautifully is by mirroring to us that life is cyclical in nature. We live in this society that tells us we need to be on all the time. You know, we need to be maybe producing content or just being really extrovertedly yang in our energies. And yet that's not the way of nature that what the plants have shown me is they'll show they show the interconnected web of life as a sphere, say a a spherical flower of life, for example, and that humans, what we have done is created this um, illusion of separation that's kind of like a bubble coming out of the sphere. And so in the human experience, it's like we're pretending that we're separate from that. But in fact, we're not. That separation is just an illusion. And so when we connect with nature, with any forms of nature, and for me, because this is a life of being connected with the plants, it's through the plants that that is my gateway of really understanding how to perceive what is really truly happening, that when we connect with these models of wholeness, which are so present in the realm of the plants, we can understand that it is, in fact, a part of life to be connected with all aspects of the cycle. So that includes the times that are very, the summers of life and it includes the winters. And it's by experiencing the winters that we can have a more full summer. You know, I think about just this year where I live in the Pacific Northwest, how we had a really intense winter this year. And as a result, we got a lot more rain. And as a result, the summer abundance was magnificent. And so It's really important to honor that when we're going through hard times in life, there's nothing wrong. And I think that that's a big illusion that we're being invited to really look at that, you know, what does it mean to be connected with all aspects of the cycle within ourselves, within society, you know, that it's really important to do this because an experience of exponential growth is not sustainable. It's just not. And so By connecting with the cycles of nature, we can understand how to better connect with the cycles of wholeness within ourselves, I find, because the mirrors that society is holding up to us continuously are mirrors of fragmentation. It's mirrors of disconnection and fragmentation. And when I think about, okay, how can I reconnect with a state of wholeness within myself? When I go and I either immerse myself in a natural environment where there are plants all around, or even if I just meditate with one plant or say, for example drink some tea and do a quiet meditation and just connect in with, okay, who is the essence of this plant? Who is the spirit of this plant? And notice what arises. It is so much easier for me to connect with that state of wholeness within myself. And so they are have been incredible guides for me with continuously coming back to the states of alignment, states of wholeness that it's so amazing to have the experience of recognizing that we don't have to do that alone. That when we're in our times where we are feeling so alone and isolated and alienated, and like no one in the world understands us, or for me, I know this is true for myself. When I've had those periods, if I go out and sit with the plants, there's something, there's just a, a feeling of softening, a feeling of being held that I experience. And it's, it's very visceral. It's very somatic. I don't have to intellectually talk myself into some state of shifting. It's it's being immersed in the vi- in the high vibrational healing that these incredible beings of nourishment and literally medicinal healing offer, which is just such an incredible gift. I'm so grateful for that forever. I mean, this is why I've dedicated my whole life's work to, to
0: honoring them because it is so powerful what they do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What, yeah, I'm curious about when, So you've been working with them, you know, your whole life. Um, Was there a moment that you felt called to offer your work and share it with other people? Or was that also a slow progression?
1: This is a great question. So I am the kind of person where I go 150% into whatever I'm doing. And so... I started feeling really strongly, really clearly in 2008 was the first time that I remember where it was so clear to me that a huge part of my life purpose in this lifetime is to help people and plant spirits connect. I just knew that so clearly in the core of my being. And because I communicate with plants, everything that we're doing is in collaboration. And so I would check in with them a few times a year. You know, is it time to bring this forward into the external reality yet? Because the internal connection is so strong. And for 13 years, they said, no, not yet. It's not time yet. They'd say either you're still apprenticing with us or it's just not time for you. It's not time in the world yet for this to come forward. And then in 2020, we had a really, really intense wildfire blow through the town that I live in, in the span of just a few hours. And it burnt down businesses that were two blocks east of us, east of where I'm sitting right now, and the field a half a block north. And that evacuation process was terrifying. We, the, a third of the town was burnt to the ground in just a few hours. Over two thousand buildings were burnt. It was it was horrific. It was probably the most traumatic day of my life, to be totally honest. Mm-hmm. And during that time, I was definitely calling out to the plants for support. Um, to to not burn the house. And as we were slowly evacuating away, I was looking back and seeing the trajectory of this giant flame coming towards us across the field. And the way that the wind was blowing, I thought there's no way our house is still standing there. Our house, there's our house, it's the path of the fire. Our house has been in that path, kind of a thing. And um the next day a friend reached out and said, she said she had stayed up valley and she came down, she took a photo and she said, you're not going to believe this, but your house is still standing. Mm -hmm. And it was just, it was, I mean, it was a miracle. And also just so incredibly grateful because I feel really connected to this house, to this land where I live. I love so much where we live. And, um, and at that point, the town had no power for 10 days and it was, it was just a time of really deep crisis. And, after that point, and it feels really connected with the grand conjunction that happened that December in terms of the macrocosm of patterns and, and bringing the work forward, I asked the plants again, is it time yet? As I had been doing for the last 13 years. And they said yes, it's time. <laughs> so it's like, all right, I finally have their blessing. This is amazing. <laughs> and so since that time, as as I had been doing from the very beginning with them, and from the very beginning of the conscious communication with them, once I realized, you know, this is really a huge part of this life's work in this in this life of service. Like this is a huge part of what I'm doing in this life. And and so to have their blessing, to have listened to the no, not yet, was so. Powerful because that meant that once I heard that blessing of yes, it is now the right time, then the work could unfold in a very quick way in linear time. And so, that is my experience of that is really that when we are moving in the multi dimensional path of reality, connected with the interconnected web of life, things can move very far, very fast in a way that is not actually possible in linear time because we are working in, multiple dimensions simultaneously. And so that's a very different experience from say, you know, planning a goal in a linear fashion and, you know, going step-by-step, step, which is very important. As you know, I love spreadsheets. So I totally appreciate that aspect like that of reality. <laughs> <Like it's, Yeah. laughs> For me, it's a ton of Virgo, I'm a ton of Virgo, on my chart. So I love the details. I love mapping it out. And like, that is great. So important to have that. So important to have that. And For those of us who are connected to these multiple layers of reality, it's also important to acknowledge that those are real layers of reality, that that is, in fact, also simultaneously happening. And so when we work in collaboration with these multiple layers, yes, with the very three-dimensional, okay, let's plant, make a map and stepping stones to get there. Yes, super important. And also there are allies and supports that we can be collaborating with who are traveling and working in uh, a timeless dimension of reality that can be really supportive for things coming forward. And so with that, it's so important to understand when we have something that we feel is our calling. It's so, you know, we know it to our core. It's so deep. It's so true that there's this question of, okay, is the content of the thing aligned? In this case, with me working with plant spirits, the answer to that. Absolutely a hundred percent yes. It's so clear the content of that is aligned. But then this next question of is the timing aligned? And when both are working together, that is when the magic can unfold really quickly in linear time. And also it just is a state of flow that that happens organically out of that. When we really when we really honor that, when we honor, okay, right, you know, right content, right timing, that when both are working together, it's a completely magical experience and things can happen that I things have happened that i didn't even think would ever be possible in this life as a result of really two things listening to that and then honoring it that that's those and and that is not always easy (laughs) it's not you know first there's the listening piece of okay what's actually happening here tuning in in the inner knowing what does the inner knowing what does the inner guidance actually say and then secondarily honoring that which can be so challenging because sometimes it's a really difficult thing to do it requires learning an entirely new skill set or, you know, just all, many other things that could be challenging. But when we know that we're doing that in collaboration with these unseen realms, with these benevolent unseen realms, there, it just is amazing what can happen that unfolds out of that.
0: I'm so glad you brought out that teaching. I think it's something that gets skipped over a lot of, you can, you can talk and you can ask, but you also have to listen. <laughs> that is a big part of, how this all works and if you want the magic to happen and and honoring yeah yeah what were some of the bumps in the road for you as far as i mean because it sounds like you were pretty clear and pretty confident that you were ready were there any particular places that you found to be challenging in bringing your work forward the patience i've always said patience is not my virtue i've
1: like, <laughs> said that for like decades <laughs> i just when I know I want something, I want to do it right. I want to do it yesterday. You know, I'm that kind of person. And I also um, love planning and I love executing things and I love bringing things forward into reality. You know, i love the the process of visioning to execution. I love that process so much. And so the patience piece of really exactly what you're talking about, the honoring, you know, listening to what the message is and then honoring it. That was so hard. It was so hard. It was excruciatingly painful, actually, multiple times to just know, to feel this deep inner knowing and also to to hear this really clear message of it's just not the right time. And so, and trusting that, right. If just, you know, because, because there's all this, again, this external encouragement of exponential growth, just go for it. And it's like, okay, well, but when the inner knowing is there, it's so important to honor that.
0: I'm curious. So obviously working with plants could be applied to everything. I'm curious if you notice in your work, uh, if there's like some of the most common reasons or patterns why people are called to start working with plant spirits. Hmm.
1: That's a great question. my sense in observing different people is that there are many different gateways or doors into the interconnected web of life. There's many different ways to access that. That could be through working with animal totems. It could be through an art. It could be through an expression of life force, like singing or creating pottery or something like that. That when we are in this state of of course, because I'm a plant person, all the metaphors are going to be plant-oriented. But if you think about when a leaf is is first unfurling or opening, there's this uh, scientifically shown that the cells are what they call imaginal cells at the tip of the leaf, where it's like they don't even fully know what they are going to be before they are forming. That there's this sort of nebulous goo of the butterfly stage that's happening on a cellular level in the plants. And when we are in a state of active creation or active expression it's this sense of that we are that we are a conduit for the expression of life force to be expressing itself or for a very long time say like the first couple of decades of my life there was this message that i got which was in terms of consciousness and how it's oriented, I was always very interested in consciousness and like what, what is reality really from a very young age, freakishly, uh, it's you know, but not many kids would want to talk about that, but it's something I've always been interested in from a really young age. And, and so for a very long time, the message that I got when I tuned in about this was that it's everything looking at itself and you're a piece of it. And that evolved later as, as the work with the plans deepened, that evolved into this expression or mantra or phrase that it's everything communicating with itself and you're a piece of it. And of course, indigenous people have always known this, always known how to do this, that there is this unbroken lineage of being able to be connected directly with the interconnected web of life, that there are some people still living on the planet where they have an unbroken lineage to that, which is amazing that we still have people like that on this planet. And for a lot of us, and imagine a lot of us listening today, the experience of colonization has happened that has severed that, that experience of just direct knowing, of direct perception, and direct relationship, most importantly, with all of life. And there, I've noticed in my work with people, and also with, because some of my friends are uh, very few, but some of them, say the friends who have been friends with for a really long time, are not they wouldn't call themselves plant people and so there are different ways that they go in in terms of how they connect deeply with the cycles of life and with the expressive creative life force let's say and so i've noticed that there are certain people who just they seem to have a natural proclivity to that and so for folks if you're listening or watching this and you're interested in connecting and you have any kind of curiosity about plants, I'd say go for it, like do it. Whatever the thing is that your heart is feeling called to do or explore more deeply, do that. Because that thing is equally my sense of it, my understanding, the way that I've experienced it in my life is that when we feel an internal calling to something, sometimes this self-doubt can come in. Like, you know, could I even be good at that? Could I even do that kind of a thing? What I found in my own experience is that when we feel that internal calling or that internal curiosity to explore something, that thing is also equally calling out towards us. And so when we take a step back and, you know, of course, we're living in this subjective experience all the time. But if we even just pose this question of, okay, for example, if you pass, if you go for a walk every day and you're passing a tree and you just feel this, Love for this tree, or this curiosity, or wow, that you know the needles on this conifer are really beautiful, kind of a thing. What if the tree is also in- engaging? What if the tree is also reaching out to engage with you? That this also because it is a relationship that when we either understand fully or or just entertain the idea that all of nature. May in fact be conscious that it's just not speaking in, you know, linear words necessarily, but it's communicating in multi sensory ways. That anytime that we're walking outside, or even with our houseplants, honestly, who I feel really know us very deeply because they're witnessing all the things that <laughs> are going on in life, that, that there is in fact a communication happening and that it might not be in the linear realm of perception that it may be more biochemical, it may be more energetic, it may be in these deeper layers of understanding that if we just take a little bit of time to get quiet, we can start to tune into what that communication may be. And it doesn't have to be something super heady and out there and abstract. It could just be something really concrete like you know, the smell of the bark or something, you know, just that, that there are these ways that the plants are communicating all the time on all the levels the physical, mental, emotional, spiritual levels. And so we can go in, we can go just like in the same way with humans, where when we're encountering another human, we can connect with them on all these different layers. We can connect with the human on the physical, mental, emotional, spiritual layers. If they also are interested in connecting with us in that way. And what I found is that nature plants are very interested in connecting with us in that way, it's just a matter of us just opening up and saying yes to that experience and so there's some people, for example, one of my good friends is very connected with animals with primitive skills, this sort of a thing he he likes plants, but he's not plants aren't his main thing, you know, and it's like nothing is better than anything else or if for people I know who are artists where they are so deeply connected with their art. That's not better or worse than connection with plant spirits. It's just recognizing that each of us has something that we are at least one thing, might be multiple things that we are really deeply connected and called to in this life. And it comes back to, I guess, that theme, maybe the theme of today's conversation is about the listening and the honoring piece of really just listening, noticing what are the things that I feel called to. If it's plants, great. If it's something else, great. If it's plants, of course personally, I think that's wonderful. So, and, and just to explore that, to explore and to explore with an experience of play that this is really important. And actually you were talking about roadblocks earlier. So this, this is one of the things that I experienced early on in my experience with, with connecting with plants is that I felt such a deep love for them, such a deep, fierce love for the plants that, that I wanted to be able to express that in a way that they could understand it. But I wasn't sure if I was doing it quote unquote correctly in a way that they could understand. And at one point I was studying with Marco Pagachnik, who is an incredible uh, multi-layered being of global transformation, I'd say. And um, I would say he's a galactic planetary plant teacher for me. And I asked him at one point, you know, how is it possible to, to, to communicate to the plants in a way that they actually can receive it? And he said, you you could literally just give them a ball of energy. You can do anything that they are so aware that they will feel the intention. And there are all these experiments, you know, secret life of plants, things that have actually been out since the seventies that show that the plants do really perceive and understand intention from humans. That this can be charted actually across buildings, across space, across time. That plants actually do have this, these ways of perceiving that are occurring not in the way that humans perceive, but in the plant kind of way. And yeah, so that um, I think the most important thing is to really is to really follow what we love, follow, follow, follow what brings us joy, you know, that that is really the most important thing. And if that's working with plants, if that's sitting in the garden, if that's, you know, witnessing the birds, whatever that is, just do it. There's a sense that I get, or there's no time to waste, you know, do, do what brings you joy. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, plants as just one of the doorways to explore or understand our natural cycles and our multidimensional nature is brilliant. Um and I'll add that when you you know there you, you mentioned, you know when you feel the call to follow it and that that even if you don't think you can do it, you can. And I'll just add that there's also a piece of there's a reason. There's a really big reason for those nudges and callings. And they're usually not very obvious or direct or linear, but they're also brilliant. <laughs> yeah. 100%.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. a 100%. So yeah. And any anything that you're feeling called to explore more deeply in this life, there is a reason that you are feeling these things don't just come up in a vacuum. They're not just appearing for no reason. It's because you have a connection with this thing innately. And so it's more about, and I think we were talking a little bit about this before we even started this uh, conversation today, that it's more about remembering. It's more about uncovering what is already inherently there rather than achieving something new necessarily. And I think that's been really, really helpful for me in the lifelong journey with plants of really recognizing that it's, it's not about getting somewhere. It's not about achieving anything new. It's about really listening to what's already happening.
0: I want to, I'm not going to ask you a bunch of questions about how to deepen your work with plant consciousness um, because uh, you're offering a free workshop on how to connect with plants consciousness. And so if you want the link to that, that'll be in the show notes. So I just want to make sure for the listeners that you don't miss that, because that's going to be amazing. Um, I am curious, we were chatting a little bit about this. So I love that you have uh, two kind of very distinct bodies of work. So you also teach about uh, your financial coach too. And I, I want to say first, I love this piece because Well, one, I have lots of interests myself and for me, I, it's helped me to kind of focus in on like what lights me up the most, regardless of how much it makes sense in, you know, like in what you're doing or if people will get it or if it will be distracting. And if you follow a lot of like the business coaching industry, they'll tell you, you know, not to do that, not to mix the things together, even though there are so many things that actually overlap. Um, So first of all, I just want to say, I love that. I love that. You're just like, yep these are my things. (laughs) Can you share a little bit about that work for for, for us?
1: Sure. Yeah. Thanks for asking. And really it stems from this place of having clear relationship that really, what does it mean to have a clear relationship with nature, with ourself, with our money that when I look around and I see, okay, clearly I'm sure everyone watching and listening can identify with this, that there is a lot of stuff going on in the world that is not functional. It's, it's you know, creating disease is creating distress, suffering, disorder, essentially. And so when I look at, okay, what are the things in in our human experience that are either causing blockages or are creating a sense of separation that is furthering the dysfunctional experience in society, two things come, and probably these two things come up for me so big because I'm also very deeply connected with them. One is the illusion of the separation with nature. That's so big. So that's a huge part of what I do in my work with the plants. The other is as a society, we have a very dysfunctional relationship with money. And so for folks who are really oriented towards healing or towards helping the world become a better place, what I've noticed is that when we bring money in alignment with that Then money becomes a tool for healing. Money becomes a tool for transformational healing. And so, in the work with money coaching, I help people look at we go through the emotional, the subconscious, the ancestral lineage layers, we go through the energetic layers, and then we look at the practical pieces of, you know, savings plans, paying down debt, retirement planning, whatever, you know, shifting from working a W 2 job to, you know, launching out into an entrepreneurial venture from a financial standpoint, because What I found is that if we go directly to the practical physical stuff, which like I said, have a lot of Virgo in my chart, I love that stuff. But if we go right there for folks who are really empathic, sensitive, feel intuitively connected to these deeper layers of themselves, that's not going to stick long-term. And so it's really important to do this inner energetic clearing. A lot of things are coming up to clear in this lifetime. So to really look at that through the lens of money, because what I found in my own experience, and this is directly out of being raised by hippie parents who actively absolutely hated money and would talk badly about it all the time. And so as a young adult, I then had this giant epiphany where I realized that there was an epiphany moment with that. And that was um, unlike the plants, which has been a gradual progression, but with the money piece, when uh, my husband and I were down in Baja with our Vida bus that broke down several times. And then we rolled into a gas station in Arizona on our way back up. This is, you know, in December, it was freezing out. And I just had a breakdown too. And I just thought, you know, am I just going to be poor my whole life? I don't even understand what money is. Like, what is money actually? What is it really? And then spent the next 12 years, you know, going to grad school for organizational financial management, getting financial coaching certifications, because I really do want to understand what is money really on this deeper level as well as all the levels really just like you know when i'm in a very in a long-term relationship with someone i want to know who they are on all the levels so i want to do that with nature i want to do that with money i want to do that with the people i love in my life kind of a thing so that um that is that is the gist that's the arc of of the experience with money and for people who also love plants I'll bring in a lot of this ecosystems framework and then for folks who don't love plants I won't actively talk about it in our sessions but that's present all the time because like you said when we are walking and working in multiple realms yes there are you know the business coaches out there who might say no you need to hyper niche down and only do this one thing and pigeonhole yourself as much as possible so that you can reach a really targeted segment of people But if that's not the reality of what's happening, it's like, why would we do that? This lifetime, the huge encouragement, the huge invitation for this lifetime, I really feel for those of us who are feeling called to it, where it is available to do this, is to fully step into the reality of who we actually are. And who we actually are, are these vast multidimensional beings who are also embodied in the three dimensional experience. And so there's going to be a lot of different layers and things that come into that experience. And so- for me two huge ones are the plants and helping people shift in their relationship and experience with money to really get clear and aligned with it because there is kind of similar to what i was sharing about with the plant ex- experience that when when the money becomes an active ally in the multidimensional path things unfold with money that you know would not otherwise seem possible and I've experienced that directly. That's why I can say that with such clarity because that is my experience. Mm-hmm.
0: Great. I have one more question that popped into my head while I was sharing. And it's really a, a general, like, what What has your interests now? What's new for you now that, that it's calling to you? It's interesting feeling
1: into that question because I... I don't feel a sense of of. um... There have definitely been times in my life where I feel like I've been riding this wage wave of edgy newness, kind of like a pioneering kind of experience, and right now I feel that what I feel right now is an encouragement to connect more with these deeper layers of nourishment, of really coziness, you know, the huga, like just really connecting in with the coziness with the nourishment. Of life, and this may be, <laughs> this may be very well due to the fact that for the vast majority of my life, I have been very, you know, driven, go go go, get get the to do. Even when I was six, like making my to do list, get it done, kind of a thing. And I don't feel that right now. There's this sense of, to be totally honest, there's a sense that if I die tomorrow, that everything that I set out in my life purpose to do, I have accomplished because I've, because of that listening and honoring thing. And so there's this sense of all the time that is about to unfold, all the many decades are about to unfold. There's a sense of it being like bonus time. I don't know if that makes any sense at all, but it's just so incredible to feel that because there is there before there used to be this experience of constantly striving to get somewhere. And I feel like because I got the blessing from the plants to really bring the work forward. And it's like, okay, I'm now this experience of alignment of the inside out. It's unfolding. It's flowing. There's this experience of being the conduit. I can feel fully free to be openly out in the open about that, that it's more about just breathing into the experience of being alive and just how wildly insane and miraculous and beautiful that this really is its just incredible that we are alive at this wild time on the planet where there is so much going on so much going on that the grief the strife the tragedy is so intense right now and so is the joy that there is just so much fullness and so I feel that really the invitation right now and of course this could shift but just to really tune into your question, the invitation for me right now is is to is to breathe into the moment, into the fullness, into the nourishment of of this experience of what it means to be alive and just how what a gift this is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't <laughs> didn't know that that was going to come out, but that's <laughs> what came out in response.
0: So thanks for asking that. <laughs> uh-huh. There you go. <laughs> Well, just a reminder for everybody listening again that you can uh check out the show notes for the free workshop on how to connect with plant consciousness. Um, Sarah, thank you so much. You're so fun. I'm so glad I love my job. This is so bad. Love that you joined me. Thank you so much for sharing, you know, more about your work and and you know, being open with where you're at and, you know, what you've been experiencing too.
1: Well, spirit! thank you so much. Such a such a joy to connect today. And just love that you're you're living it, you're living the work fully. And it's really beautiful to see. So Thank you. I honor you. Thank you for doing that. Mm -hmm.
0: And thank you everybody for listening. We'll see you next time. Welcome to today's member query episode, where we explore questions about spiritual paths, intuitive gifts, growing a spiritual business and shamanism. Do you have a question for us? Send us a DM at Holton healing arts. Why do I feel like I'm not journeying right Specifically, this question comes from Mark from our private Facebook group, Leading with Spirit. And the question is, why do I feel like I'm in a cocoon when I journey? I feel like it comes really easily for others. And when I do it, I feel like I have to work really hard at it. So this is a really common question. And um, one of the best ways to move through this is to work through my shamanic journey guide or sign up for shaman school. And this is going to totally change the way you journey and the understanding that you have about it. And it's also going to make you a expert guide for other people. If you host shamanic journeys that aside. So this question comes often because actually what's happening is we're comparing ourselves to the way other people process and see energy and work with spirits. And you need to know that we don't all do this in the same way. And there isn't a right or wrong or better way to do that. So oftentimes we can feel like we're not getting a result but it's only because we think the result is supposed to look this certain way. So you actually receive information on lots of levels. And with Mark's question about feeling like he's in a cocoon, well, there's a very good chance one of the things that's happening for him is he's receiving information from the body. So it might feel like if you're expecting to have this like movie playing in front of you, but you're actually getting information from the body, it might feel like you're doing it wrong, but you're not. In fact, you might actually be getting more and better information than you would through visuals alone. So a lot of people especially get hung up on the piece where they're supposed, they feel like they're supposed to like really see like in a literal sense. It might show up that way for you, but for most people, it doesn't. For a lot of people, it's very much about sensing. Sometimes people will hear, like it's almost like the journey is narrated. Um, And again, there isn't a right or wrong way. So the best thing that you can do if you feel like you're not getting information Is when you're taking notes, try to record everything that is, everything that happened, everything that came through your awareness, even if it doesn't make sense, even if it's like, oh, and then at this moment I burped, you know, or at this moment the phone rang and I got distracted, you know, and try your best to record it as true to like what actually happened versus your story of what you think it means. Because journeys are very layered, you're going to get more information as time goes on. And oftentimes people will come to me and say, nothing happened. And when we actually dive into their experience, it was filled with things that happened and filled with really magical things. And it was just their expectations of what they thought it was supposed to look like that made it different than that made them believe that they were doing it wrong. And then lastly, if you have the opportunity, sharing part of your journey with someone else that is available for this kind of work, you know, not to prove that something happened, but just to share can also really help you because oftentimes other people hold information for you that can unlock some of the messages and meanings that are in journey. So journeys are meant to be shared with each other to help add to the collective field. So we all can get information from each other. I hope that that helps. And of course, if you have specific questions about journeys that you go on or how to journey, you're welcome to join the Leading with Spirit Facebook group and ask them there. I am there and I'm pretty accessible. So I'm happy to look at that with you and help coach you through some of those rough spots. Thanks so much for joining me. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Leading with Spirit. If you did, please share the link for this episode with your biggest takeaway, tagging me at Holton Healing Arts. It would also support me if you subscribed and left a rating and review of the show so we can support more people living their highest purpose. Until next time, journey on.